Hey guys, welcome along to a new episode of Scheme Me Up Body. We're getting into the original Star Trek series. And uh, yes, we're going to start off with the cage, obviously. The original pilot of the show. Which was not released on TV, interestingly, until 1988. Um, well, it was uh, released to public on VHS in 1986 with a special introduction by Gene Roddenberry but it was not broadcast on television in its complete form until 1988 and I can remember sitting down checking it out back then whenever it first came out on TV and it was really really weird to see The Cage so long after the original series actually ran and finished and was repeated beyond belief for such a long time before we actually got to see where it originally could have went and uh, that's a great great little episode to go back and check it out and uh, yeah it's basically whenever it was first made back in 1965 uh, it was rejected by NBC in February of 65 and the network ordered another pilot episode which became Where No Man Has Gone Before now offhand I'm trying to recall where that episode actually falls in the series I think it's either episode it's, in, it's not the first episode of the series it's the second perhaps third episode of the series might even stretch it to fourth but it's, it's definitely not at the beginning of the series. I've got no idea why they went with that run with the episodes whenever the, the original series was originally brought out. But it is what it is. And uh, this, as you probably do know, is the first time we meet Captain Pike as the, the captain of the Enterprise. Jeffrey Hunter played... Christopher Pike in this episode and uh, the only character to be kept on from that original episode was Leonard Nimoy as Spock but Spock in that original pilot was a heck of a lot different than the Spock we actually got in the series he was more uh, human more emotional within the episode and uh, it was uh, you know in all fairness, the changes that were made whenever the pilot was rejected and uh, they ordered the new pilot to be made, there's not a huge amount of changes, but uh, it's just amazing how so small changes could be, could make such a difference. Like the Enterprise is pretty much the same, uh, it's more in the cage you kind of get the feeling that Starfleet or whatever the Enterprise was part of in the original plan of the thing was almost a little bit more uh, military than exploratory uh, you know again a lot of this is going back to uh, just trying to remember the episode because I didn't actually get a chance to sit down and watch it over again um, basically, in the episode, 
The Enterprise, under the command of Christopher Pike, receives a distress call from a fourth planet of the Talos star group. Now, if you have known Star Trek Discovery at this point, Season 2, we get, you know, spoilers if you haven't seen it, we do actually get a version of Pike and the Talos star group comes into play in that series as well. A lot of fan service and, uh, yes so well done like just to get it out of the way now um i am right in the ballpark of classic star trek the original series next generation ds9 voyager love all that stuff and it seems that in the minds of a lot of people you can't be one or the other that's that's weird like a lot a lot of the a lot of the classic star trek fans from what i've been seeing online have really taken a dislike to the new shows. But for me, I I tend to take pretty much everything that I hear online with a huge, huge pinch of salt. Because, you know, if you want to have a popular YouTube channel, for example, uh, it tends to be more on YouTube than on podcasts, in my experience. If you want to have a very very popular youtube channel you're into the pop culture stuff you crap upon absolutely everything like you know there's a lot of those channels that just i'm not going to say any names because i just i don't want to be that guy but there's a few channels i was watching for about a year year and a half and i just had to stop watching them on subscribe leave them where they're at because the hosts of these shows were Literally a new video would come out and it would be it would be a clickbaity title, you know, really pounding into something that was happening. And uh, literally every video they put up for a year straight was, you know, knocking stuff. You know, it wasn't giving anything the the props that it deserved. And you know, I'm thinking to myself, okay, you know, you can't like everything all the time. I genuinely <clears throat> there's a lot of stuff in the history of Star Trek both old and new that I'm not a huge fan of and I'm not going to really knock on it you know I'm just going to take it for what it is and enjoy it if possible but these guys were just like you know going out of their way to be just insanely down putting absolutely everything and I'm doing that your channel does tend to grow a lot quicker. I have noticed that in the past. Like I've done YouTube for years now. And one of the last channels that I had going. I noticed that you know, I used to let the my emotions get the better of me from time to time. And I would notice like I would doing a heck of a lot of motivational stuff, trying to uplift people and you'd be, you know, tutoring along at a usual amount of views and whatever in your watch time would be at a certain extent and then something would happen your emotions would get the better of you and you would go off and one and you would make a video that was just not good and you were just going to town on something and uh, those videos well outperformed the stuff that was like positive you know the negativity was just like people love negativity but uh yes when it comes to star trek old and new i can i can watch it appreciate it 
and if something works it works and if something doesn't work it, it doesn't work you know just you know you can't have a perfect game all the time but and saying that classic star trek tended to hit pretty close to a perfect game most of the time now the original series there's a few episodes on there that uh have their their problems and we'll get to that in due course but we've talked long enough about that nonsense let's get back into the episode um enterprise gets a call distress call talos star group and land party goes down to investigate Tracking the distress signal to its source, the land party discovers a camp of survivors from a scientific expedition that has been missing for 18 years. Amongst the survivors is a beautiful young woman named Vina. Now, she is stunning. Like, uh, Susan Oliver plays Vina in this episode. There's just, there's something about her eye colour alone that just is captivating i don't know if it's the colori- colorization or you know coloring of the the film uh i've seen her in a few things outside of that episode and um, you know a lot of it was all like technicolor sort of styles so like you know a lot of the, a lot of colors are very vibrant but her eyes just seemed to you know light up the the room and whatever she was in absolutely beautiful beautiful woman uh Captivated by her beauty, Pike is caught off guard and is captured by the Talusians, a race of humanoids with bulbous heads who live beneath the planet's surface. And it's revealed that the distress call and the crash survivors, except for Vina, are just illusions created by the Talusians to lure the Enterprise to the planet. While imprisoned, Pike uncovers the Talusians' plans to repopulate their ravaged planet using him and Vina as breeding stock for a race of slaves. The Talusians use their power of illusion to try and untress Pike and Vina and present her in various guises and settings, first as a Regulian princess. Regulian? I probably said that word completely wrong. I wrote it down thinking, okay, I can say this, but you know, my England isn't too, too good. Uh, a loving, compassionate farm girl. Then a seductive, green-skinned Orion. Now, you, you all notice that and most of the... I'm trying to, I'm trying to recall the, the end credit sequence for Star Trek, and I, I can't remember if it actually changed throughout the two or three seasons, but there, there is a photograph of horror still on screen of horror as this green-skinned Orion woman that's doing the dancing. Uh, Pike resists all forms uh, after an earlier landing party failed to gain entry from the surface. Six members of the Enterprise crew prepare to beam into the Talusians' underground complex, but only Pike's first officer and yeoman, both women, materialize in Pike's cell. To further to offer further temptation. By then, however, Pike has discovered that primitive human emotions can block the Talusian's ability to read his mind and he manages to escape to the surface of the planet along with the two members of his land party. He's they can read his mind, they can project images and you know it's 
almost like uh, the hollow deck and the next generation you know he's, he's in different parts of the planet and different things is happening they're trying to get him and her together but it's all projected from them themselves but if he gets angry you know they they don't know how to deal with the human anger side of things and they start to lose their power of control on them the delusions confront Pike and his companions before they can transport back to the Enterprise. The captain tries to negotiate, but the first officer sets her weapon on a bulbous to over. But the first officer. Uh, now, interestingly enough, the first officer of the Enterprise. Let me just skip back up three minutes here. Uh, number one. Simply known as number one, of course, you know, they brought that back in the next generation. Picard was always calling Riker number one. But the woman that plays number one in this episode is Majel Barrett. And, uh, you know, as we all know, she was married to Roddenberry and actually played Diana Troy's mother on the next generation as well. Plus, she was also the voice of the computer and the next generation series and DS9 and all that sort of good stuff so uh, big links free Star Trek the whole history of it but uh, she sets her phaser to self-destruct and uh, Pike and Vina move closer to her agreeing with her preference for death rather than captivity after all as Vina explains if the Trojans have even one human being they might try again this demonstration of fatal resolve confirms that the delusions have been cleaning from records they have accessed from the enterprise's computers the human race despises captivity far too much to be useful to them uh, despite their last hope having been proven unsuitable the delusions are not vengeful they let the humans go. They're just thinking, you know, we had plans for these guys. Uh, they're too unstable for us, as humans all are. <laughs> We're seeing that more and more these days than ever before. Um, the first officer and the yeoman beam up immediately, but Pike remains behind with Vina, urging her to leave with him. Vina explains she cannot leave. An expedition had indeed crash-landed on Talos IV. Vina was the sole survivor, but was incredibly badly injured, and the Talosians were able to save her. But as they had no understanding of human physiology at the time, she was left horribly disfigured. With the aid of the Talosians' illusions, she was able to appear beautiful and in good health as much to herself as to any others. Realising that the continued delusion, illusion of health and beauty is necessary for Vina, Pike is ready to return to the Enterprise of Fodor. In an act of goodwill, the aliens show him that Vina sees an image of Pike next to her and they walk up to the entrance that takes him into the delusion habitat. Pike then beams up after the, the Keeper's closing words she has an illusion and you have reality may you find your way as pleasant that's a great 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 episode and i probably bumbled my way through those notes because i am 
absolutely shattered and they didn't mountain load of sleep but uh i was promising you guys that i was going to get episodes out every tuesday and thursday so i'm not breaking that promise i'm going to batter on through and uh please please bear with me when i get a little bit better at this the episode is absolutely fantastic and part of me is like i would love to know what the the mindset and thought was with the with NBC actually rejecting it in the first place because it's, it's not a bad episode like whenever you hear a pilot has been rejected and they the order uh, another pilot now in all fairness where no man has gone before is much more action packed than what the cage is but uh what we get in the cage is you know a lot of the the standard sort of star trek stuff that we all adored about the original series it was all there on the original one but it is i don't know how well the character of spock would have got on if they had have kept him the way he was in the cage as i say he's you know he's the smart science officer vulcan but he's he's more human, more emotional, and you know, I'm wondering as a an emotional, a very emotional spark, gonna be the the driving force that he had become in the original series. You know, especially up against McCoy. Whenever you had that, you know, difference in attitudes, you know, Spock's hardcore logic against uh mccoy's cynical smart ass mouth you know it's i just don't think it would have worked and probably you know it probably was a good thing that they did reject it and we got that little change up uh before we actually got the original series so uh it is what it is that was very very interesting to check this episode out now when you're checking this out um I do believe, unless it has been upgraded now, um, I'm watching the Star Trek shows on Netflix at the moment. You've got the, the original series is on there, uh, Next Generation, DS9, all the all the classic stuff is up there. And at a stage, somebody went back and took the original series and they they upgraded the the visual effects as far as you know the enterprise and space you know all the space shots and all those visual effects have been upgraded to like computer generated more cga looking sort of stuff and not so much in the miniatures side but whenever you get back to watch the cage definitely the last time i did less they've upgraded this episode since then you were getting the actual original episode the way it was originally released without any of the updated effects on it so you know that's class to look back on it because you're thinking to yourself you know if you've only known the shows with those updated effects and then you know people say this show came out in way back in the 60s and you're like how could this come out in the 60s and look at those visual effects they're not bad they're okay you know they could be a bit better but by today's standards they could be a lot better, but you know, they look fantastic. And then it was definitely that. those effects weren't from '65. No, they were far from it from '65. I think that was. Um, I'm going to 
put out gas on it here, but I would reckon it was probably somewhere in the late 90s, mid-90s to late 90s, whenever they did the, those visual effects upgrades for the series. But to go back and check out the, the cage and see that opening shot of the Enterprise flying through space in the original way that it was created, uh, it just, you know, it really, really does tell the time that this came from. Uh, genuine, genuine treat. I'm kind of got it now that I didn't actually sit down and watch it before I recorded this podcast because it's an absolutely brilliant episode and I'm going to do that tomorrow, definitely. But uh, as I did say, I want to put these out for you on the the release date, that I've, you know, the release times that I've put on the show. So you may suffer because of that, but uh, it is what it is. I'm not perfect, far from it. And uh, yes, I like to uh, own my L's. So if this episode didn't uh, hit the standards, I do apologise. But uh, I am a flawed human being. And uh, been a lifelong fan of Star Trek has made me really appreciate the fact that I'm a very flawed human being. That uh, makes it interesting. Anyway, guys, hope you enjoyed the episode. I will talk to you next Tuesday. This has been a production of Coins Edge Media. Thank you so much for listening.